You're listening to the Niners Bros, your home for post-game analysis, correcting media narratives, and keeping you up to date on all things San Francisco 49ers. What's up, guys? I'm Michael Ditchfield. And I'm David Ditchfield, and we are the Niners Bros. On this week's episode, we'll break down the 49ers' ugly win at home against the New Orleans Saints, a game they win 13-0. They improve to 7-4 and four on the year and take over first place, sole possession of first place in the NFC West. Also, every other team in the NFC West did us a solid by losing this week. They sure did. Arizona lost in a heartbreaker against the Chargers. The Chiefs just stomped the Rams. And then Seattle at home against a bad Raiders team lost on an 86-yard walk-off touchdown to Josh Jacobs, who finished with over 300 all-purpose yards. What a, what a terrible game for them to lose. Yeah, my heart just breaks for the Seahawks and and all their fans. Truly, (laughs) truly, I want you guys to know that. Sure. (laughs) So a win is a win. Again, when you're in first place, you can't complain too much about that. Of course, we're going to get into our drive-by-drive analysis. We'll break down the game. We'll talk about some of the headlines and stories coming into the week. But before we do that, I did just want to take a brief second and say thank you to everybody out there who is listening to this podcast Our listening audience expanded by over 20,000% this week, so we are pretty stoked about that. We are just thrilled that you guys are listening and that you guys are enjoying this content. The reason we're doing this podcast in the first place is because we wanted this kind of content out there and we couldn't really find it in any one place. Yeah, I mean, we tell our wives all the time, you know, we finish watching the 49ers game and then we're immediately checking the press conferences and uh, the highlights and all this stuff. And they say, well, didn't you just watch the game? But if you're anything like us, it's like, that's not enough. Now I need to, to see you know, how did this happen? I want to recap it and relive it all and figure out, you know, how we either won or lost the game. So we were looking for content like that and and we're here to provide it for you. You know, we're not just going to spit hot takes or pick three random controversies to go over. This is the podcast, the only podcast covering the 49ers where you're going to get drive by drive analysis. And we're actually going to talk about everything important that happened in this game. We're not going to break down every two yard run, but every important flag or big play, we're going to talk about it. So if you're looking to relive the game, this is your place. Or if you miss the game, and you're looking for something more than the five-minute Good Morning Football or ESPN recap, this this is the podcast for you. So thanks again uh, to everybody listening out there. If you can just take a moment, if you're enjoying this podcast, if you can just take a moment and rate this podcast, subscribe, and also you can follow us on Twitter as well. We're bringing a lot of really solid, uh, unique 49ers content there as well. So again, thank you so much. And if you can rate and subscribe, that will really help us continue bringing this content for you. Absolutely. Well, let's get right into the storylines heading into this game. And before we do, we should mention that there was some controversy on 49ers Twitter that was not related to the Saints. Uh, It was actually an article with an interview from Raheem Mostert where he seemingly took some shots at the 49ers, both, you know, some criticism of Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback who couldn't sling it or sort of implied through his comments about Tua that that Jimmy was not equal to that. And also some comments about the 49ers handling of his injury situation. A lot of people got, got really up in arms about this. I know you kind of rolled your eyes. Yeah, well, you and I are both big fans of Raheem Mostert. Again, going back to his days when he was just a special teamer for us as the gunner, we loved his energy. We loved um, just his skill set that he brought just on special teams. 
And we were the ones that were his biggest cheerleaders saying, you need to put this guy in the game. He's a phenomenal running back as well. So we fully acknowledge that he is a special dynamic player when he's healthy. The problem is he almost never is healthy. Um, the nickname I think that's kind of going around is Raheem Most Hurt, um, which he certainly has been throughout his career. It's a shame. He's just one of those guys that's really injury prone. And he did take some shots at the 49ers organizationally. His big beef um, in this story was that he felt that the 49ers organization was really pressuring him to return early from his injury. And that's not what he wanted to do. He also basically implied that they kind of did him dirty um, in a contract year with his injury. The problem with that is when you get hurt in a contract year, nobody wants to pay you. So yeah. if you want to blame the 49ers for that, go ahead. But um, he he's definitely salty. And yeah, he was quoted as saying um, that he thought that the Dolphins had more talent than the 49ers and that it was nice to have a quarterback who can actually sling it is what he said. So later on, uh, he sort of acknowledged this actually, and he said that he was quoted, sort of misquoted or misrepresented, that he did say some positive things about Jimmy as well, but of course those things didn't make it into the article. All of that to say, Raheem Mostert is definitely salty, but once again, debunking media narratives and takes, this is one of the things that we do here. So it's not a surprise to me to hear that a journalist deliberately mischaracterized somebody's statements or their views or beliefs in order to uh, generate headlines, which sure. mission accomplished. The, we're, we're talking about it, right? Yeah. And, and the week before we play them. So this is clickbait guys. If you're a 49ers fan looking for real content, don't even bother. You're going to see this show up in your feed. Just keep scrolling. So that being said, again, we do play the dolphins next week. Um, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys that are really looking to play. Uh, most are, was hurt this week. He wasn't able to go. That's coming off of a bye week from the Dolphins as well. Yeah. So Raheem most hurt um, is hurt again. But you know, if there's any way he can be on the field against us next week, he's going to do that. I'm sure. But for this week, <laughs> you know, it was 49ers Saints all about the Saints and uh, coming in storylines for them. They were excited to get some of their injured players back. Uh, Roby, Davenport and Cam Jordan all coming back. Marcus Lattimore, they were hoping would be back, uh, but he didn't end up suiting up probably not a, a huge difference since we generally don't go after number one corners with deep shots anyway, but also some drama for them coming in. Jameis Winston was quoted as sort of complaining that he had lost his job to Andy Dalton due to injury. I'm sure whatever hurt feelings he has about that are probably, you know, just festering now that they, they got shut out again. I'm sure he spent the whole game sitting on the bench thinking there's no way I couldn't also give us zero points. So interesting for them coming into this game that they would try to topple the 49ers and stay within striking distance of their division. The Bucks lost earlier in overtime to the Browns. No one wants to win the NFC South. It's like, you know. <laughs> yeah, this was a big game for the Saints. As you said, if they, if they had won this game, they would have moved certainly in striking distance. They would have moved to half a game back um, of the Buccaneers in that division. So very, very weak division, uh, still up for grabs, but this would have been a nice one for the Saints uh, to pick up if they had been able to do that. Sure. For the 49ers, the big storylines coming in, just how would you keep the momentum? You know, they'd won three straight, but it's a short week. You know, they had Thanksgiving and the holiday. So not exactly sure how they would respond after such an emotional and, and fun win in Mexico City against Arizona. It was nice to get Ebucom back. And also you wanted to see a good game. There've been a lot of great 49ers Saints 
conference games in recent years, whether it was the playoff game with Vernon Davis or the the Drew Brees, Ahmad Brooks, where Ahmad Brooks turned him into a giraffe. It wasn't actually, shouldn't have been a penalty, but I believe they called it. I'm still it, salty about that one too. And Man. then of course the, uh, the walk-off game where Kittle um, just two years ago and Kittle had that amazing on fourth down, that, that out route where, where he took it all the way into territory and, you know, the shootout, you know, just an absolute shootout game. So you were looking forward to today's game just to see if it would be another thriller, even without Drew Brees, but uh, let's get right into the drive by drive. So new Orleans got the ball first. Um, they did pick up a first down, but then uh, Hufunga blitzed and almost brought down Kamara in the backfield, didn't quite get him. But then Warner ended up <laughs> just coming out of nowhere, just punching the ball right out, just huge on the opening drive to get a fumble out of Alvin Kamara. Just a great way to start the game. And uh, so the 49ers get it there, and that was that was in their own territory for the Saints. So that was on the 43-yard line. And Ebukam, nice to see him get in the action early. He was the one who recovered it. So then from there, the 49ers went on an 11-play 38-yard drive. If you were <laughs> expecting more than 38 yards out of 11 plays, so were we. But Debo had a 20-yard catch, and then Ray Ray on a third down had an amazing 12-yard uh, catch where, unfortunately, he was just one yard shy. But it was one of those where Garoppolo, and we'll talk about this in depth, but he was getting lit up in this game. That's another play where he took a shot, managed to float it out to Ray Ray. It was a contested catch, and he almost picked up the first down, but, but not quite. Yeah, so as you mentioned, Jimmy was hit very hard in this game. He was hit six times. That is tied for the second most all year. The only team that hit Jimmy more than that was, you guessed it, the Kansas City Chiefs. So on that first drive, right after the turnover, you're kind of feeling like, are the 49ers seriously going to go three and out here right after that huge fumble on the first drive? That was one of Jimmy's better throws of the day. He hit Debo. He kind of double-clutched and then hit Debo on a crosser perfectly in stride to set up that yak uh, that is kind of the staple of Shanahan offenses and certainly the receiving core. So that was a a big play there. You mentioned the one to Ray Ray as well. Really good throw. Again, under pressure, took a huge hit, threw that ball to the sideline. It was a bit of a duck, but again, when you take a shot like that, that's to be expected. The ball did end up getting there. Kudos to Ray Ray for going up and making a contested catch. Um, that was a, what was it, third and 13 there? Uh, yeah, so 12-yard gain. It was stunning when, <laughs> with fourth and one, it was it was stunning to see the offense actually stay out there. That was that was stunning enough as it is, but then to realize that they weren't running a QB sneak, they actually ran it with McCaffrey on fourth and one. And he Yeah, not even there. the QB sneak. When when I saw them still on the field, what? I was like, okay, no, I, I was like, okay, Shanahan's doing that you know, hard count thing where you try and get the other team to jump that works approximately 0.0% of the time. So that's what I thought they were going to do. You know, maybe you call a timeout and run a play there if they don't jump. But I was like, ah, you know, they're not going for it. You know, plan B would be, yeah, as you said, the QB sneak. But then of all things, they actually turn around and they hand the ball to McCaffrey. I thought they were going to at least run the clock down a bit. So I was just stunned that there's actually a play happening. Kyle Shanahan called a play on fourth and one there. Well, it was interesting. We've been irritated with the predictability in the red zone. You know, we seem to get in the red zone and then just run it up the middle. And in this case, we didn't. And we did try to pass for that touchdown but to no avail apparently there's just nothing that we can do in the red zone to score uh, Kittle was targeted but the the Saints defender got more of a, a play on the ball there and then the 49ers have to settle for a field goal and I know you you happen to notice it looked like well, Garoppolo and Kittle weren't on the same page yeah definitely some kind of a miscommunication there Kittle was not really looking for the ball or expecting the ball when it was thrown or where it was thrown 
Jimmy on the field and then after seemed to indicate with his body language that he was expecting George to do something else there. Um, And then he was talking to George on the sideline afterwards. Hard to say who is wrong in that particular case, but it certainly seemed that Jimmy believed he was not to blame for that particular one. Again, just a miscommunication. These things happen, but you hate to see a throw like that where the defender is the only person who gets his hands on the ball. Really lucky to uh, come away with points there instead of an interception in the end zone. Sure. Saints' next drive starts with a 17-yarder to Troutman, but really nothing noteworthy from that point on. Greenlaw was all over the field today. He had a pass breakup there and then almost a sack later in the drive, and the Saints punt it. And then the 49ers have a six-play, 28-yard drive. Just really struggled to move the ball at all, but especially with any explosive plays. So Kittle got a 14-yarder, and then Debo was hollering for a horse collar on on a play, didn't get the the flag. And then Jimmy got lit up, didn't get the roughing. It it was hard for the 49ers to, to get some of those calls today. And then Jimmy threw behind Kittle on second down where it was caught, but one of those where if he leads him, it almost looks like that other play to the Saints in, in, you know, in the fourth quarter where Kittle, you know, you think maybe he would have been able to turn the corner, but instead he has to kind of slow down to catch it so couldn't pick up any yak. And then there was like a wheel route to McCaffrey that Garoppolo overthrew by you know five to ten yards but some some debate again on whether that was just a pure overthrow or whether it was a bit of a miscommunication yeah mark sanchez uh, was pretty critical as you know mark sanchez one of the uh cream of the crop quarterbacks <laughs> in the history of this league uh he he definitely was very critical of jimmy for that throw to be fair jimmy does do overthrows on those passes a lot he doesn't demonstrate the kind of touch that you'd like to see But in this particular case, it was a really fascinating route by McCaffrey. It wasn't just a standard wheel route. He did some kind of like a shake and bake, almost like he had the ball in his hands already on the defender, created a ton of separation, but I do think it did throw off the timing of that pass. So yes, it was an overthrow from Jimmy, wasn't a great throw, but you know, I do think that really unique sort of route that McCaffrey took definitely interfered with the timing on that one. I didn't hear them talk about it after the game, but it's possible even that it was an option route. Maybe McCaffrey had the option of of working that inside and Jimmy just assumed he was going to go outside before McCaffrey really committed to it. But in either case, the 49ers punt there. Saints had a, a similar drive on their third drive to their second where it began. You know, They had a big play, a 34-yarder to Shahid. Um, first quarter ends there with the 49ers up three to nothing but that drive completely stalled and they they punted again so with the Niners third drive Elijah Mitchell came into the game I know that was something last week that we were surprised that it took so long but he came in right away and had two runs and then Kittle had a nine yard catch but then Jake Brendel was called for holding um, and it ended up being declined but 49ers punt there and then frustratingly um, Samuel Womack we gave a lot of love to on last week's podcast he's been so great on special teams but on the 49ers punt he was knocked out of bounds and then just kept running for like 15 20 yards without really trying to get back in to the field of play and he was flagged for it and yeah that's an unsportsmanlike now so that's a that's a full 15 yard penalty uh, definitely a point of emphasis that they want those guys getting back in bounds as soon as possible so in keeping with this sort of theme of the Saints starting off hot in drives or or potentially hot, they opened their drive with a 30-yard pass to Chris Olave from Taysom Hill right down to the 49ers' 8-yard line. But fortunately, it was reversed. They reviewed it, and it was one of those plays where he caught it. Gibson you know, just sort of flailed at his legs to kind of knock him over, and in the process of him going to the ground as he rolled and spun the ball came up and it was ultimately ruled incomplete. I, I, yeah. don't, you know, incomplete or fumble or I don't, I don't know. 
This was a weird one because in real time when I was watching that, I thought, oh, that that's not a catch. Like he didn't catch it. You know, the ball pops out as he's hitting the ground. So when you watch the replay, though, it's like he's taking two, maybe three steps. And so then on the replay, I was like, ah, crap, that's probably a catch. So then Shanahan does actually throw the challenge flag and they're talking about how he's thinking it's a fumble. But it's clearly not a fumble because he's down by contact. The elbow, the forearm, and everything is down. So that's where, you know, as a viewer, I'm like, you know, what is even going on here? I was stunned that they actually overturned that. Um, Obviously, you know, we try not to be homers. We try to be completely unbiased. But, yeah, in real time, again, that's one where it looked to me like it was incomplete. In slow-mo replay, if that was me, I probably would have called that a catch. Phenomenal throw by Taysom Hill, by the way. Didn't get any credit for it, though. Lucky for the 49ers, a Ramchick, a Ryan Ramchick holding penalty moves them back, and they end up punting there as well. So 49ers get the ball on their fourth drive, and they finally put together a better drive. They go 78 yards, and they finally get Brandon Ayuk involved. He's been so great lately, but he had a 27-yarder on a post that, again, was a little bit behind him. I think if he had hit him in stride, he might have been able to, to pick up a little bit more, but later in the drive, uh, Ayuk gets a 20-yarder. Mitchell had a nice 12-yard run down to the six, and here we are in the red zone again, so you're <laughs> you're waiting to see some better execution. Uh, but Jimmy throws uh, behind uh, Juwan Jennings on third down. He catches it, but he can't turn and sort of get into the end zone so it's fourth and one or fourth and two sorry fourth and goal and they run kind of a bizarre play where nobody really goes out to the left too much it's one of those you know either the the two three guys you send out to the right are open or they aren't well they aren't it's completely covered up and jimmy sort of does this half-hearted scramble attempt and it ends up being a turnover on down so once again we fail to punch it in that's a rough sequence for jimmy there Um, on the previous play that you mentioned where Uh, Juwan Jennings is basically running an out to the pylon. That throw was definitely behind him. That being said, it's still kind of a low percentage throw. Even if that ball is perfectly placed outside, he's got to make a phenomenal catch, turn up field with almost no room at the boundary there. That's a low percentage throw. Unfortunately, on that particular play, Christian McCaffrey actually leaked out to the left side and was completely uncovered. So that's a bust in coverage. And Unfortunately, Jimmy was basically, this was a rare thing where he wasn't going through a progression at all. That was almost like a pre-snap read where he was going to throw it to Jennings, period. And if he had just been looking even a tiny bit towards the middle of the field or the left, Christian McCaffrey was by himself. That's just an easy touchdown there. Yeah. So once again failed execution the 49ers are still up three to nothing but you'd like to see a little bit more <laughs> from the offense new orleans gets the ball with their fifth drive and diamador lenore was flagged for defensive holding but it was picked up uh, with an offsetting penalty and the saints have to punt again they just were not moving the ball well they couldn't get anything going on the ground 49ers defense was was so good against the run today and that was their fourth punt of the half so on the fifth drive for the 49ers, we're just going to call this the Juwan Jennings drive because that's really what it was. I think they kind of realized that they were not able to get McCaffrey going early in this game. You know, They had a couple catches to Brandon Ayuk in the previous drive, but they were looking for a spark, and they definitely got it from Juwan Jennings on this drive. He had two huge catches early in the drive for first downs, including a a catch where he just made, he, he just turned into the most elusive. It was almost like Wes Welker in the open field in his heyday where amazingly, despite the size disparity, he just completely like a shake and bake, completely fooled a defender, managed to not only get inside him 
and pick up the first down, but still get out of bounds. I don't know how he did it. Yeah, and before that, there was a crucial third down pickup. I, I don't remember what the down and distance was. I want to say it was like a third and seven or a third and eight or something like that. He makes a, a great catch in traffic, kind of weaves his way through, picks up the first down, and then that play that you referenced just a phenomenal move. You don't really think of Juwan Jennings as being one of those yak monsters or somebody who's shifty, but he catches the ball. And if he goes straight to the sideline to stop the clock before halftime, he probably doesn't pick up that first down. The defender had the angle on him. So he jukes inside. And as soon as the defender shifts his weight, he jukes back outside, picks up an extra six or seven yards and gets out of bounds. Just a phenomenal play. Really smart a beautiful feel for where the defender was a great play to really help the 49ers keep that drive going and pick up as many yards as possible. Later in that drive, Elijah Mitchell scores a 32 yard touchdown where the defenders were sort of converging, but he managed to split the gap and go right up the middle and we we're busy celebrating. And then we see the flag come out <laughs> and they penalize Kittle for holding. Fortunately, it was after the first down had already been picked up. So it didn't submarine the drive and make it first and 20 or anything like that. But still disappointing that, that the touchdown came off the board. Moved him back to the 30-yard line instead of a touchdown there. Yeah. But then again, Jawan Jennings picked up another first down and then there was a late hit um, out of bounds from a, a frustrated Chris Harris who got burned on the play and then yeah, I mean, he he put Chris Harris on skates, broke his ankles, whichever term you prefer. But yeah, it was a great route. Chris Harris, That that's not something that you're going to want to see next week on tape where you just get destroyed on the route. And then it takes you so long to get back to the play and you make a boneheaded late hit call that's half the distance to the goal. Just an awful, awful sequence for him there. And then the drive finishes with a five-yard touchdown to Jennings where Garoppolo floated the ball and it was you know, four inches lower and it's intercepted probably by Teran Matthew, Honey Badger, but, you know, two inches higher and Jennings catches it cleanly. In this case, we just got lucky. Matthew tipped it just delicately. And as Jennings was falling to the ground, it landed sort of in, in his arms and his chest. And he, he hangs on great concentration for the touchdown and the 49ers go up 10 to nothing. Not a terrible throw, but again, this was one that was a little bit behind him. Um, as you said, it was very nearly intercepted. Matthew did a great job breaking that up. Unfortunately, the ball just basically dropped straight down into Jennings' arms. That's still a really, really tough play for a receiver when you're going up with your arms outstretched, trying to high point it. It gets tipped. You're falling down out of the sky. You know, you're back about to hit the ground. Phenomenal concentration for him to pick up that ball, to not try and reach out immediately and grab it. That's when you see those three or four times where you tip the ball and it's bobbled. He waited for the ball to come to him. He secures it. Just an absolutely outstanding catch. And what a way to cap a phenomenal drive where he basically was the offense. Yep. So at halftime, as we said, the 49ers are up 10 to nothing. Garoppolo had 28 attempts in the first half, which is kind of a lot, um, 175 yards in the touchdown. But part of that is that the run game just was not going at all. Mitchell had five carries for 31 yards, which is good. But McCaffrey was six for 13. Debo, two carries for zero yards. Um, and then through the air, Ayuk had the two catches for 47 yards. And JJ who just took control. We call him JJ. Jawan Jennings took control of that drive um, and had 43 yards. Kittle, three catches for 26. So defensively, no sacks, but Greenlaw was all over the place. I think the more concerning thing was just that they had six QB hits and Garoppolo was getting rocked. And you kind of wondered if we would be able to find that running game. It was nice that we were able to control Chris Olave too. He only had two catches for 11 yards. So again, it's one of those where the defense is looking amazing, but 10 to nothing is not a huge lead. 
but you know the 49ers did get the ball back to start the second half so exactly it's great to capitalize before the half go in with some momentum and you know you get the ball back so that was nice to see them capitalize finally take advantage in the red zone Debo started our first drive in the second half our sixth drive overall with an 11 yarder and I have to say you know we love him I'm glad that we didn't trade him but he just looked slow. He barely managed to turn the corner against a linebacker on that play. And then later, Jimmy throws a pick that's brought back all the way inside the 10-yard the line of the 49ers. But super lucky, it gets called back because of a flag away from the play um, in illegal contact. I know that you had a, an objective opinion to share. Yeah, well, that's one where unless you are following a content creator or somebody who hates Jimmy G, you don't typically see replays of um, penalties that are basically overturning an interception or something. A lot of times those aren't going to show up on the highlight packages, but this was a butt ugly throw. This is one of Jimmy's ugliest interceptions ever. And Jimmy is a guy who is kind of famous for throwing ugly interceptions. So if you didn't see it, just trust us. This one was really bad, really bad. It looked horrible Uh, I have no idea who he was throwing it to or where it was going what was supposed to be happening it was an awful awful throw and the 49ers got bailed out by an illegal contact call so before the season started this was something that the NFL said that they were wanting to emphasize this particular penalty Um, they were wanting to emphasize this and make it a, a big deal essentially we haven't really seen that consistently Um, And that may be because when the NFL announced that this was going to be a point of emphasis, fans everywhere started complaining because nobody likes these ticky-tacky penalties. So the defender basically makes really strong contact in the first five yards, and then in the next five to seven yards, basically never takes his hands off the receiver. So is that a legal contact? Yes, it is. Does that kind of contact happen on almost every play? Pretty much. Yeah, it kind of does. So if I'm a Saints fan there, I am losing my mind. I'm absolutely pissed. Is it a penalty? Yes. Should it have been called in that situation? I'm glad it was, and I think I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I think the fact that if you've been listening, what you're hearing from us is a lot of plays that we're describing where you know, we're not talking a lot about great execution, are we? We're talking about tipped balls and fumbles and calls that were made or should have been made. I think it tells you that this was an ugly game to watch. This was not a game of, of elite plays or highlight worthy kind of material. It was just kind of an ugly game. Ugly that, win. That, that seemed to be decided by these critical moments. So not much doing in that drive. The 49ers did get the benefit of a roughing on Jimmy Garoppolo um, on a ball that was also completed for 11 yards to Brandon Ayuk, but the drive ended up stalling and they had to settle for a 46-yard field goal from Robbie Gold after a failed deep shot to Ayuk, who, again, while we're mentioning things like this, he was contacted on the face mask before the ball came down. Could have could have been a flag, but wasn't. But well, that roughing play, was that the one Jimmy Jimmy mentioned in the uh, post-game I believe so. He, he commented that there were multiple hits like more than one that he felt were excessive or, or dirty you know he he may be dealing with a bit of a knee issue he was limping so he he was targeted low a few times but. yeah so after that one he after that so he was definitely out it seemed like he was right on the edge of the pocket or outside the pocket <sighs> that was a really tough one again if you're a 49ers fan you want to see that called because it's sort of targeting the lower body however when the quarterback is out of the pocket you don't get that same sort of protection, allegedly. Um, We've been over how many times the 49ers are penalized on BS roughing the passer calls, so it's nice to get the benefit of the doubt on one there. Certainly with somebody who has Jimmy's injury history with those lower body injuries, 
that's not a hit that you want to see him taking. And at least, you know, you get the 15 yards out of it. He was very visibly in pain after that. Seemed like he got kind of rattled. And the offense in the second half looked really, really bad, especially after that play. I think they were very conservative, too, just knowing how well the defense was playing. The Saints get their first possession of the second half with about 10 minutes left. And they finally put together a drive. They picked up four straight first downs. They were driving. They had um, 11 plays for 45 yards. And then a really interesting sequence. They got down to the San Francisco 25-yard line. And on fourth and five, rather than kick a field goal um, to make it 13-3, to they decide to go for it. And then Ryan Ramchick again with a penalty has a false start that moves it back to fourth and 10 from the 30 can't blame them for not going for it there, but they decide to go ahead and kick the field goal. Only they miss it. A 48 yard field goal is missed and the shutout is still intact. And the streak of 49ers defenses, not giving up points in the second half is still intact. So good to see there. Yeah, that was crazy. Ramchick is definitely one of the better tackles in the NFL. Um, so to see him commit that penalty there where he's jumping back and nobody else on the line moves, that was a really rough looking penalty. And as you said, the the Saints not able to capitalize. Lutz doesn't miss too many field goals, but uh, we'll take any we can get there. And the streak is still alive. Zero points in the second half going on four games now. Unbelievable. It's amazing. 49ers next drive, you could tell it was like the tone had changed and they had just decided at that point, you know, who are we kidding? The Saints are not going to score two touchdowns. So they went very conservative. J.P. Mason came in and got some carries as McCaffrey was kind of clutching at his knee on the sideline and trying to stretch it out and then he we looks good he, he looks good he looks good it was disappointing though to find out that elijah mitchell was hurt again teammates were coming over to console him on the bench it sounds like he's got another knee injury and mcl in the other knee they're hoping it's not as bad as the previous one and that he'll only miss a couple weeks but not great and then spencer burford gets hurt in the same drive with an ankle injury we find out after the game that it's they don't believe it's a high ankle sprain they believe it's a low ankle sprain but still not good <laughs> not good feelings on that drive we went really conservative and it ends with jimmy g backpedaling trying not to get himself hurt as well just really not stepping into the throw at all just hiding and basically running away in the back of the pocket on the 49ers punt but um next drive for new orleans uh Right as the turn of the quarter happens, uh, Shahid had an 18-yarder, and then third quarter ends. Bosa was getting mugged throughout this game, but especially on that drive. It was kind of ugly. The Saints had a 20-yarder to Olave, but then they also had a worm burner screen from Dalton where he didn't get the laces on the snap, and he was kind of bumped, and so a bad throw from him. And then fourth and one. At the 34 of San Francisco, we get a holding penalty on Hufunga, and then Bosa gets a roughing the passer on a broken play from Taysom Hill where it was just, it was silly. It should not have been a flag. Bosa hit him, but it wasn't like, he didn't launch or contact the helmet in my opinion. No, and it's crazy. Bosa cannot get a holding call, but he'll get roughing calls against him. The contact occurred almost immediately after Taysom Hill released the ball. And, you know, again, he's well outside the pocket at that point. It's not like he drove him to the ground. He basically just made contact with him. It was almost like a kind of like a shoulder bump kind of a thing. And he's just much bigger and much stronger. So Taysom Hill goes flying. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't late. I I really would love to know exactly how that is roughing the passer by any definition of the of the penalty i have no idea how that fits the call it wasn't late and it wasn't to any protected areas he didn't do anything egregious it wasn't targeting just another dumb bs roughing the passer call on the san francisco 49ers and i think as frustrating as it was 
the defense was playing well enough at that point that I don't think either of us was really concerned that the 49ers were going to lose the game. It was more that we wanted to protect that streak of scoreless yeah. second halves, uh, which looked a little bit cloudy as the Saints moved the ball inside the 10. And then Kamara got a, a dump pass inside the five. He starts trying to plow toward the goal line. And Greenlaw, who's just so good down there, remember that that amazing play he made against Seattle? He's holding Kamara back, won't let him keep chugging into the end zone. And then Hufunga, great effort, comes flying in with his shoulder, knocks the ball loose for Kamara's second fumble of the game on the two-yard line. Kamara only had seven career fumbles, and the 49ers got him twice today. Crazy. Yeah, so that was a rough day for Kamara, a rough day for his fantasy owners too. Kamara rushed seven times for 13 yards including two fumbles unbelievable he did have six catches but again for only 37 yards so the 49ers absolutely bottled up Kamara in this game Greenlaw comes up so huge at the goal line again that force of effort where he just holds on to him just long enough to let his teammates get there Hufanga comes flying in with an elbow the ball kind of pops up straight up and does a flying saucer thing Jimmy Ward got his hands on it uh there was a receiver in the end zone for the Saints and I thought oh my gosh no he's gonna come down with this it's gonna (laughs) be a it's gonna be a touchdown like this is what always happens right so he kind of missed it and bobbled it the ball goes on the ground you know who's gonna get it it was just one of those crazy plays and Greenlaw who started the play ends up recovering that fumble so just a phenomenal effort again keeping the streak alive you know you're like no way well it's got to be over now they're certainly going to score here if if nothing else at least a field goal right but the 49ers defense time and time again has just come through and saved this team yep great to see 49ers just run some clock after that and punt the Saints do get the ball inside the 49ers 40-yard line, and I have to give the broadcast some props. They had some good stats that they were dropping at one point. They made uh, all the viewing audience aware that the 49ers defense had gone over 80 minutes without giving up any points, which was amazing. And they also pointed out that New Orleans had gotten inside the 43-yard line of the 49ers five different times and did not score, and, and that held in the final drive where Alave had a 19-yarder, but Greenlaw and Warner were just all over the field with tackles and pass breakups, and then deep into 49ers territory on fourth down Bosa gets the sack to close it out his 11 and a half he's he's got to get a half sack I'm tired of trying to figure out 11th and a half 11 and a half <laughs> um, but 11th and a half however you want to say it fourth down sack ends the game 49ers win 13 to nothing after a couple kneel downs and some more runs from JP Mason yeah a lot of people were saying Bosa was off sides on that but uh basically you know we're not going to waste your time he wasn't um even if even if he did go early he did he did time it what appears to be just perfectly but the left tackle would have jumped anyway before the before the ball was snapped so he wasn't really in the neutral zone anyway so it wouldn't have been neutral zone infraction he wasn't off sides you know Saints fans were kind of complaining about that but you know if you're a Saints fan I, I think there were several other plays that we mentioned where I would be much more up in arms than that one sure um, he just timed it Bosa timed it perfectly came up with a sack that was the only sack in that game, not a ton of pressure generated by the 49ers in this one, despite the fact that the Saints didn't really do what we've seen a bunch of other teams do against us, which is get the ball out quick, 
do those short passes, those swing passes, the screens, trying to neutralize the pass rush. So their offensive line did a really good job. Uh, more than that, their defensive line really just bullied the 49ers offensive line all game. We talked about that, of course, how, how Garoppolo took six hits in this game. They were not like no cheap shots in this one. Those were all massive. Sure. Also on that interception that was called back, Jimmy is having to chug all the way down the field, took a shot trying to tackle the guy on that play as well. So Jimmy is definitely on ice right now as we are recording this. Um, just wrapping up the game with some final numbers. So Jimmy G ended 26 of 37 for 222 and a touchdown. Uh, pretty pedestrian yards per attempt at 6.0. That's definitely um, you know much lower than his average, about two yards less than his average. Uh, had a 94.7 uh, quarterback rating, which is okay, but you know nothing to write home about. Andy Dalton finished 18 of 29 for 204 by comparison. That's a seven yards per attempt, but only an 83.1 passer rating. We mentioned the running game. So Mitchell did have seven carries for 35. Uh, McCaffrey 11 for 32. So McCaffrey did out carry Mitchell for the first time in three weeks, but a big part of that I have to believe is because Mitchell did get injured and did not return. So a couple of other noteworthy things. The time of possession, the 49ers did finish this one with 34 minutes and 50 seconds to roughly 25 for the Saints. Um, it's impressive that the Saints were able to narrow that gap as much as they did because after the uh, first half, I believe it was somewhere close to like 20 to 10. It was almost double time of possession in the first half. We mentioned the penalties. This one was definitely a flag fest. Um, a lot of uneven officiating, a lot of missed calls on both sides, a lot of questionable calls on both sides, uh, but fairly even in terms of the yardage. Uh, the Saints were penalized six times for 46 yards. The Niners were penalized seven times for 64 yards. Again, a lot of penalties uh, that were either offsetting or were declined. Uh, uh, just a ton yeah, of linen. Both teams probably could have could have reached 10. over 10 easily, yeah. easily. So yards per play for both teams was absolute garbage. So the Saints actually were better than us. They had 4.9 yards per play to our 4.7. That's really, really bad. We had something like 15 or 20 more plays on offense than they did and just really struggled. Um, so they were terrible on third downs. They were 4 of 11, but we were uh, terrible as well. 5 of 13 on third downs, really, really bad. Also, we allowed six QB hits. We've mentioned that multiple times. One sack on each side. Shy Tuttle for them had a sack. Bosa had our only sack. So in a game where you get two fumble recoveries or two turnovers you win the turnover margin by two your defense pitches a shutout you'd really really like to have a, a bigger margin than 13 to 0 this was not an impressive win for the 49ers they really seemed to struggle in this one uh, I think there are definitely some concerns moving forward Jimmy again looked really uncomfortable he was in a lot of pain when he took that QB hit uh, to his knee so Moving into next week, definitely some some areas for concern as we had a bunch of injuries in this game. The offense looked really bad, and Jimmy appears to be a little bit banged up. He did finish the game, of course, but you never really know with him. Um, he's always going to gut it out if possible. Sure. But even before he got hurt, he just seemed off today. He was throwing behind receivers, not hitting them in stride. Even when they were complete, they were just a little bit off target. So it'll be interesting to see if he rebounds next week. He's going to have to. We're playing the Dolphins, who, you know, I saw a stat today that Tua has not thrown an interception since he got that head injury. The Dolphins' offense has been on fire today. They completely dismantled, 
you know, a pretty terrible Houston team, but they won 13 to 15. The only struggle that they're really having right now or that they're expected to have is that their left tackle and captain Taron Armstead did have a, a pectoral injury today. So if he can't go, you know, just look at how our, our offense is affected when Trent Williams isn't there. But I think the bigger storylines heading into next week are just going to be all the reunions, you know, Mike McDaniel, Raheem Moster, Jeff Wilson, uh, Craycraft, Sherfield, so many former 49ers are going to be in Levi's and it, it's going to be wild. Yeah, I expect McDaniel to come out absolutely guns blazing in this one. And I don't think you're going to see Miami punt unless it's like fourth and like 65 or 70. (laughs) Um, He loves to go for it on fourth down. And it's easy to love going for it when they are picking it up at the rate the Dolphins are. They've been really extremely efficient on offense this year. Tua Tagovailoa is a legitimate MVP candidate at this point in the season. Uh, I think matchups to watch or to be concerned about. Lenore on the outside did not have his best game. Uh, He had a rough PI call, um, had a couple of penalties holding, um, you know, in the end zone, had a couple penalties that were actually not accepted. Either it was offsetting or again, wasn't advantageous for whatever reason. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see if he gets Tyreek Hill, if he gets Waddle. I mean, Sherfield is fast too. He's not a household name, but, but we know what Trent Sherfield can do. So I think, if you're expecting the 49ers to pitch another shutout against the Miami Dolphins, you are going to be disappointed. Yeah. This is going to be this is going to be a very very tough matchup and as you said, so many former 49ers players definitely looking to prove something in this one. And while there's no animosity or bad blood there, again, Mike McDaniel, you know this is one where he wants to come and show that the student has become the master. Indeed. Yeah, uh, it should be fun to watch, but I encourage you as a 49ers fan, you need to appreciate what this defense has done over the last four weeks and don't overreact and throw a hissy fit when we give up some points next week. It's it's going to happen. We're not going to put up some amazing, you know, they, they said that this was the first time the Saints had been shut out since 2001. Just brace against, yourself. Yeah, but, against yeah. the 49ers of all teams. So yeah, pretty, pretty good streak there. Yeah, don't be shocked if we give up a touchdown in the opening drive and then a few more drives after that. You know, I think you have to realize that at the end of the day, we were always going to have a bit of a ceiling with Jimmy. We were going to beat up on bad teams with no pass rush. But this is why we replaced him ultimately is because when you go up against a really talented front seven, he's not able to do anything with his legs and he doesn't have elite arm talent to push the ball down the field. So it's great that the 49ers are in first place. You know, we seem to be headed for a playoff run, but you see how difficult the path forward is going to be to try to win a championship when you get into the playoffs and suddenly every team that we face in the playoffs is going to have a good front seven. And that's that's why the bad stats that come out for Jimmy in the playoffs seem to happen is because when he gets rocked like this, he can't get in that comfort zone. So just be prepared. You know, it's it's going to be great to hopefully get to the playoffs and see if we can make a run. But it's not always going to be an offensive juggernaut like it was against the lowly Arizona Cardinals. And some concerns in the running back room, of course, that we already mentioned. So next week we could be looking at J.P. Mason and Ty Davis Price, who is inactive in this game as your number one and number two. McCaffrey did finish the game, but seemed to have some kind of knee soreness. We're not really sure what that is. He may be limited. He may not play next week. Who knows? So if the 49ers are not able to run the ball efficiently, that's going to put a ton of pressure on Jimmy. If he's banged up at all, if we have any other injuries, um, again, tough sled. And we've seen some inconsistencies from this Niners team throughout the year. It's been kind of a tale of two teams, right? They either beat up on people or they lose games. They have no business losing. So a win is a win, uh, seven and four, 
in really, really great shape to at least make the playoffs. And we know that's all you have to do is you got to make it to the dance. Get there. Anything can happen. Last year, we beat the Cowboys, um, beat the Packers without even scoring a touchdown um, on offense. Insane. So, so anything can happen once you get there. Priority one is just making it to the playoffs, which we are in excellent shape to do, no matter what happens next week. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, if you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter for more 49ers content. See you next week. We are the Niners Bros.